Hey, good people. Glad to be back. This is the MKD Podcast. I'm your host, D. Miller L. Welcome to my new folks. Yes, family, happy to be doing this one. I'm going to be rehashing a couple of uh, subjects. Uh, but before we do, let me take care of a little housekeeping. Uh, new folks, be sure to follow our social media. They're on Twitter, MKD Podcast. You're likely to find any of the uh, referenced ideas presented on the podcast right there. So definitely follow us. Good source uh, of Bitcoin Twitter information. Also, we have the uh, tipping feature enabled. So support the podcast, support, support. Uh, Family, the podcast can be heard on any platform that you're getting your podcast from. But I would recommend checking out a platform called Fountain. They're really cool, built on top of the Lightning Network. Check them out. Okay. Oh, and one more. Uh, Most importantly, in fact, join us on Sphinx Chat, folks. Our tribe there on Sphinx Chat is called Casa del Rey Moro. Really, really dope platform, also built on Lightning. Yes, indeed. Okay. So, let's get into this episode. I wanted to talk about orange pilling. Also wanted to talk about the circular economy, right? Or in other words, hyper-Bitcoinization, something we've talked about in the past. And I want to um, reference a message from some 30 years ago to begin with. Uh, It's from Hal Finney. Um, Hal Finney was the first person to engage with the Bitcoin network with Satoshi. Just in case you don't know who Hal Finney is. And uh, back in 1993, so this is some 30 years ago, way before Bitcoin. Um, let me see what it's called. It's called Crypto Trading Cards. If you want to find this on Google and, and read the whole message, I'll paraphrase it for you. But uh, he basically was giving some thought to how to engage people with digital cash, how to get them to engage, i.e. orange pilling. And uh, his idea was, how about we're trading cryptographic trading cards? I was like, hmm, that's interesting. (laughs) He goes forward, he goes on to say, you know, that uh, initially, you know, it'd be people that have an appreciation uh, for the cryptographic arts, as he called it. And that, um, you know, those collectors are likely to share their treasure with friends, you know, family. And it becomes something like a conversation piece. Right? Pretty interesting, right? He goes on to say that it's likely that these, uh, these people that will come to appreciate it as well and want to trade for them, right? Want to uh, get you to trade your cryptographic trading cards if you happen to be a collector or lover of the uh, cryptographic arts. 
Um, he kind of closed it out by saying, you know, it's likely that these cryptographic card trader kind of like dealers, if you will, are likely to even want to buy them back. So again, as you guys can see from that, he's kind of clearly and succinctly kind of describing the whole orange pilling, right? How to bring about greater adoption and then the circular economy, right? That would come after that or come as a, a result. I want to kind of go into story time now, right? Because just even in my own experience, I can relate to this. Right. I, I, I take myself back to 1993. What was I doing? Well, I was definitely in my youth. <laughs> and that was around the time that I received my first collection of cards. Uh, a huge collection. In fact, uh, I was too young to have that many cards. Um, let me see. You guys remember those cardboard boxes that the four, you know, um, six packs would be in? You'd have one, two, three, four, six packs inside of that uh, brown cardboard case. So I had three of those full of cards. And of course, being so young and being fascinated, I wanted to look at all of the cards, you know, at the same time. <laughs> one at a time was not going to do. So, of course, you know, the, the, the best way to be able to see them all at once is to spread them out all over the floor. Right. Right. So that didn't last long. It wouldn't be long before the cards were thrown in the trash because I wasn't keeping up with them. And of course, they were always on the floor. So, of course, as a little bit of time will go on, I would continue on collecting cards. But of course, I'd have to buy them. And by this time, I had gotten into like Marvel cards, right? As time would go on, Marvel cards, DC cards. And one of my favorite things to do was to go to the community center, meet up with my buddies show off my collection and trade right we didn't have much money then um as time would go on i remember i started to collect magic the gathering cards right i learned how to play that game my my card playing right got a little more competitive or my card collection became a little more competitive uh when i started to play magic the gathering online exchange so again just brings me back. It brings me back to the idea of how do you go about presenting Bitcoin? Right? How do you go about that? What's the most efficient way? I know I've tried uh, many different ways so far, right? In my time in the space, um, I've done Bitcoin airdrops, right? Or, you know, giving Bitcoin away. I've done this in person. I've done this online on multiple occasions. Um, I've had courses um, to teach people about Bitcoin. I've also done some coaching. So again, I've tried just like I'm sure many of you all have been trying a multitude of ways to orange pill folks or to present Bitcoin to people. But I think how Finney hit the needle on the head and I the real reason that I'm agreeing is because of how I can personally understand this idea of capturing the imagination, right? Capturing the imagination of the masses. 
you know, how is that done? I remember being captivated by these uh, trading cards, right? By my Marvel cards, right? By the magic cards. I remember this. And it was always, it was a little more to it because it was from that that I was interested in the story, right? Like, what is this about? That's when I became interested. And um, with regards to storylining and uh, orange pilling, right? Narrative and this sort of thing. I know many of us uh, reference the Satoshi white paper. But I would say that's probably too much of a technical read as opposed to a storyline read. Um, Something else from 1993 I want to reference is a cypherpunk's manifesto written by Eric Hughes. Again, the same year uh, with that uh, the quote from how Finney came about, the crypto trading cards, that, yeah, same year, 93. A cypherpunk's manifesto. If you haven't read it, give it a read. I want you guys' feedback. Do you think that with regards to having a conversation concerning Bitcoin, Right, which one do you think would uh would be more conducive to orange pilling? Someone who doesn't know about it, you're presenting it to them. How would you rank them? Do you keep the Bitcoin Satoshi white paper as number one? Or do you recommend a cypherpunks manifesto as number one? Again, folks, my opinion, a cypherpunks manifesto is much more of a conversation piece. But I think that when a person is ready to get into the nuts and bolts, I think that the white paper is in order. Okay. I think I've laid that out pretty clear. I want to know what you guys think. If you have any questions, get inside of the Sphinx chat. You guys know we can unpack this further. With that being said, hope you guys enjoy the rest of your uh, rest of your day. If you like the content, give us a like, a share, a thumbs up. And I'll catch you on the next episode. Peace.